Welcome back to Technotopia, the podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Nima Ascari. He's a thinker in abundance technology. This is Technotopia. This episode of Technotopia is sponsored by CheapTranscription.io. CheapTranscription offers 10 cent per minute transcriptions using our happy robots or 85 cents per minute using our human assistants. CheapTranscription.io is cheaper and faster than everyone else. CheapTranscription.io. This episode of Technotopia is brought to you by Typewriter.plus. Typewriter.plus is a full-service editorial agency that brings amazing editors from places like the New York Times and TechCrunch to work on your writing. Need a blog post, a white paper, a presentation? The Typewriter team can write or edit anything on nearly any topic. Visit them at Typewriter.plus for a free quote. That's Typewriter.plus. Typewriter.plus. Welcome back to Techtopia, the podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Nima Ascari. He's Ecosystem Accelerator at the Ocean Protocol. Uh, welcome, welcome. Hi, John. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm really uh, surprised that you also have this like techno-optimistic uh, angle for a podcast. Yeah, well, no, nobody I has have... a techno-optimistic po- uh, angle, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, mostly, no. We like we have a podcast called Pretopia, but even that is kind of cynical. It's like we're in the free phase, <laughs> and it could go wrong. It could definitely go wrong. Oh, okay. Uh, there's like a 51% chance of everything going down to shit. So... Uh, but we, we can we can work on the forty nine percent for this episode. Yeah, yeah. Let's fine. let's talk only about the forty nine percent. I mean, we already we already yeah. know that that we're all going to be buried by uh, <laughs> sludge and water, and the, it's going to be too hot to live, and also they're awful mm-hmm. stuff. So why uh, why belabor that point when we can talk about cool yeah. stuff? Yeah, exactly. So and you know, my optimistic idea is abundance economics. Mm-hmm. That's like the buzzword. They can tell you what it means. Yeah, please. Uh, I mean, it is like be, behind the scenes, it's powered by technological deflation. That, that's an old idea. And it's, this thing is really accelerating. What I'm talking about is like you know, robots could drive cars and then you don't have a human driver. And this robot could own itself, which means instead of optimizing for feeding its family and getting rich, it could either provide really cheap rides or... Maybe we could tax the robots or maybe we could own the robots and make money in that way. So that's like the high level idea that instead of being pessimistic about robots taking all the jobs, maybe we'll look on the positive side. So Peter Diamandis has this, you know, movement and idea of abundance and uh, the theory of abundance. And I think abundance economics could actually be a very techno optimistic thesis for all technologies to adopt. So what? So what's the assumption with techno abundance that the uh, that the world yeah. is going to be full of good stuff? Uh, yeah. So I mean, there are two paths forward, right? One is that uh, Jeff Bezos will fire all their employees, and he will become like a what is the thing after a trillionaire? Quadrillionaire. Quadrillionaire. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So that that's like he's going to be the first quadrillionaire. So that's that's option number one. Okay. And option number two is two things happen. One is that as we, you know, get rid of middlemen, uh, both with AI and automation and blockchains and smart contracts, we don't need to pay like five layers of uh, fund managers and, you know, middlemen and IBMs of the world. Things will just be much more efficient. And when things are more efficient, we have higher productivity. And what happens then? Uh, I mean, everything becomes cheaper. So cheap that uh, you could travel from NYC to 
I don't know, wherever in US and even abroad for just a couple of dollars. Mm-hmm. And, and here's where my idea comes in. It's actually inspired by a problem description from Alex Roy, this lovely guy. He uh, popularized the idea of universal basic mobility. And that's like a version of UBI that instead of getting money, a thousand dollars per month, you get, let's say, a thousand rights per month, right? Interesting. But, okay. Yeah. How do you pay for it? Like, that's my problem. How do you actually uh, provide free mobility? And, and my idea here is, back to abundance economics, when cars get cheaper and autonomous, one of the solutions could be we could have fleets of cars, let's say self-driving cars, e-scooters, all kinds of service robots that could own themselves. And these robots, now a little bit of like blockchain lingo, could be wrapped in a DAO, decentralized autonomous organization, mm-hmm. just like a virtual company on blockchain. And when you do this, instead of uh, having the utility function of getting rich, you could just provide abundance, abundance mobility, transportation. And people, let's say, get a thousand mobility tokens per month. And they could use that either for like really classy, luxurious Uber black rides, or if you live in a shitty place with no public transportation, with the same tokens, you could basically pay for a whole month of public transit. So that's the idea to have one uh, vehicles in general robots that mm-hmm. own themselves. So they don't report to any masters, uh, which means then instead of getting rich, they could optimize for abundance. And I think this has to become a new, let's say, it's not human-centered capitalism, like, you know, Andrew Yang's idea. It's more like abundance-centered capitalism. Hmm, interesting. So the um, so the goal here would be, so A, a the cars control themselves, right? So you basically have access to them no matter what. And, mm-hmm. and because of that, you can create... And what's what's the benefit of the mobility uh, in that, on that on that sense? Uh, yes, that's actually a great point. I was listening to this uh, recent episode of A Six and Z podcast, and I was surprised that one of the biggest factors in hospital readmission is not having access to uh, you know proper transit, public transit, and mobility. So, if that's your question. Uh, mob- access to mobility or universal mobility and, and you know proper public transit or even like Uber as replacement, if it was cheap enough, it could address lots of hidden ills of the society that we're not even aware of now, like healthcare. Hmm. So the so the goal would be to, I mean, you can't get to healthcare because you don't have a car, right? So you basically kind of yeah, yeah. Very able so to... you you like you, instead of going to the doctor when you have to go, you wait until like you really have to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's that's one of the really obvious uh, cases. I think the impact was something in the order of like eighty percent of hosp- like don't quote me on that, but it was like massive and it blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Is there any other uh, situation where abundance is going to be uh, taking off? Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be basically in everything but land, and that's like maybe I'm just too stupid about like the whole real estate game. You could tell me what you think, but like everything else other than land, which is like super finite, you could have abundance through technology and and uh, basically energy. If you have very dense energy uh, storage and also then you can consume it, uh, we could do basically everything. So it could be food production in vertical, you know, like self-owning vertical farms. You could even have uh, pods that act like housing. So that's one like a compromise. If, if we can't 
kick people out of their existing land. We just use autonomous pods like vehicles as mobile housing. How do we how do we fix the so I mean everything you're talking about and I'm and obviously we're trying to talk we're trying to speak uh, po- positively about the future but everything you're talking about sounds like a real like Ready Player One kind of like pod pod world situation where it's <laughs> where abundance is abundance is necessary literally because there's no other option because there are so many human beings there are so many people like stacked up on top of each other. Yeah, it's kind of scary, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I, I just don't see any way to uh, not have too many humans. Uh, and and there's like a growing trend, which is like obvious. It's not even my idea. I think most most of humanity, the population are going to be living in urban, you know, very densely populated urban areas. So it's going to look like kind of like the Netherlands, if you've traveled on their like beautiful roads mm-hmm. when you think or first time i went to the netherlands i thought shit it's like such a tiny country and i'm iranian i'm from iran and it's it has to be like people all over the place like they can't fit any more immigrants and then when you you actually go to the netherlands it's like emptiness it's like vast of emptiness until like you can see so but when you go to amsterdam it's fucking densely populated mm-hmm. and it's super expensive so that's that's i think the future of every urban i guess uh, region everyone hmm. so so it's so big big wide open spaces with with yeah. dense with dense so it's it's kind of like a it's a uh, i don't yeah i keep on i keep on going back to dystopian dystopian vi- visions but maybe that's like a, maybe that's uh, like a like i mean a, it's it's not so bad like imagine if everyone could live in the Bay Area mm-hmm. or every person who wanted to do a startup could fit in the Bay Area uh, because of, I don't know, technology or flying houses. And like, it's really crazy, the, the whole NIMBY situation in, in the San Francisco Bay Area. And I, I always think like, what could be a, a solution? I think like you, you, we could have like hyperloops that go to the sure. city center and then you have like these like floating cities in the sea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hmm. All right. Well, let's. I mean, we look. should go back to maybe uh, abundance tokens and abundance economics. Like, yeah, I could let's, 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 more yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that. Sure, sure, sure. So, uh, I mean, it has a, a number of steps. I just pressed publish on a blog post. It takes apparently twenty or thirty minutes to read it. It's very long, but uh, there I describe the steps. And I think step one is we should have assets that could be called autonomous assets. So by autonomous asset, I mean not like so autonomous that it's actually like an agent or an organization. It's like more like a financial asset. So it can give you a return in an, like on its own autonomously. So I, I actually think scooters are already quite autonomous as an asset. So mm-hmm. Imagine if you could own uh, 2% of Bird's fleet of uh, scooters when they're profitable. That would be interesting. Hmm. And the next step is you tokenize that thing. So when you tokenize it, you get two things. One is fractional ownership. The other one is you close the loop. So uh, now in normal, you know, hedge fund and private equity, as an investor or a pensioner, you have no transparency into the actual underlying assets that you're investing in. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, and, and quite often, they're like shitty assets, like the whole subprime crisis, right? But with tokenization, you have transparency all the way down, down to the screws and maybe not that much, but let's say each vehicle is tokenized, each fleet is tokenized, each company that owns the fleet is tokenized, blah, blah, blah. And 
So this is one thing you get. The other one is, as I said, you close the loop, which means you can also control those tokenized things that if, if, if they can actually move and be controlled. So if you put these things together, you have assets that you could directly own with transparency that you could also control. So, so in, if, for example, Uber isn't managing the scooters or autonomous vehicles very well, you dynamically assign them to another, let's say, fleet manager. And you can only do this if these assets are tokenized and autonomous. You hmm. couldn't really do this with you know, paper contracts. So uh, building upon these ideas, the next step is what if no one owned these tokenized self-owning assets? Then they become self-owning. And what's beautiful there is you have two options. Option one is paperclip maximizer. So imagine like there's an autonomous vehicle DAO that is just optimizing for providing the maximum number of autonomous vehicle rides. And then like in 200 years, it's like you know, Bitcoin with proof of work. No one can stop it. And it, like the whole galaxy turns into autonomous vehicles. That's option one. And then option two, which is my solution, is this idea of abundance tokens. So instead of the, this fleet of any kind of autonomous asset optimizing for providing uh, for providing you know more autonomous vehicle rights, you optimize for some kind of society-wide beneficial metric. It could be you know like uh, reducing hospital readmission or just providing very low-cost rights, and you give people tokens that they could use to pay for the rides, but they could also charge people in normal fiat money and dollars. Mm -hmm. And the idea there is that instead of this DAO or AI paperclip maximizer just gathering more and more dollars, it will issue these abundance tokens, which are like discount tokens, to balance its supply and demand. So it cannot actually get rich. So you have, you bound it by some metric. You say your job is to just provide enough rights, not like the maximum number of rights ever. And then when it makes too much money, it issues these abundance tokens in the framework of abundance economics. You give that to poor people, you give that, to, I don't know, to everyone. And you could use those tokens for free or discounted rights. Hmm. Does it make sense? The whole yeah, I, I think I, so. I, yeah. I, I, so. So so one of the things that I that I always get that I always um bothers me about these about these projects is especially with the crypto stuff and it's not even a it's not even a, a fault of the of the creator but it's just there are so many so many steps like if then steps and they're kind of very, it's a very programmatic sort of situation um right. and i wonder what the i wonder what how do you communicate these kinds of things to the world uh i mean us talking about it right now is is mm -hmm. is all all fun but to being able to say like oh all these different tokens and all understanding how these tokens work, et cetera, and, com and communicating that to, to just the average mm -hmm. user is really difficult, I think. Yeah, yeah, that, that's definitely a huge problem. So I think we should, actually, I don't think people are going to, at least billions of people, like 90% of humanity who is not into crypto, they're never going to be into crypto. Mm -hmm. By the time it matures enough to be usable and user-friendly for those people, they just know it as the benefit that it provides for them. So the to there's this uh, concept of meta transactions and abstracting away tokens and their fees in general. And, and it's, it's kind of like a new trend. And I really like that because so in the case of these, let's say, abundance tokens or mobility tokens, all you know is this is a part of your UBI or your social safety net. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, shameless plug for Yangdao, actually. I, I'm I'm one of the active people on the Yangdao, which is like <laughs> like a, probably the first political super pack. It's not super; it's just a pack. And uh, one, uh, Andrew Yang's idea is to give everyone a UBI, a thousand mm-hmm. bucks per month. Sure. Well, what if instead of that, or in addition to that, you also gave people some minimum number of mobility tokens that could uh, could be used wherever you don't have access to you know like public transit so imagine if you live in a rural area and you know that's the issue for for us uh with the same number of tokens uh you could go like 100 miles but if you use it for like a uber ride inside new york you just can pay for one ride so mm-hmm. that that becomes a very um abstracted away benefit oriented uh, communication to to you know everyone and and i think people get it like you know if you don't have proper public transit you have these tokens and you just use it it's like almost free rides hmm interesting how do you uh, how do you start how do you, how do you, how do you change the way things uh, how do you change the way things work I, I actually would say with the recent change in uber's leadership with uh, uh, dara uh, we're the Iranian mafia. He's also Iranian. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's a, he's a nicer guy, and they've opened up the app to basically all the transit options, as far as I understand. Lyft has been doing that. There, uh, you know, even like blockchain solutions that try to do the same thing. So imagine if, for the sake of PR, even uh, Uber just airdropped. This term comes from blockchain space. So you just give people free money. Uber mm-hmm. just airdropped. A thousand mobility tokens on everyone who lives within a zip code, right? Some like 20 kilometers of a zip code, and it's already in your app. You don't need to give a fuck about uh, blockchain or anything. Like the the blockchain part is just for accounting, right? I think I think Ethereum is like the new SAP, basically. At the end, no one knows what SAP does. <laughs> no one knows what Ethereum does, but it's there, and it guarantees that shit gets done. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think uh, we we just do it like this. And, and uh, I don't see why Uber wouldn't do that because uh, they could even benefit from this. So you could say if uh, your government or your local you know, government doesn't provide pub- public transit for you, you can use these mobility tokens to go on Uber rides. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. Uh, what are, what are you working on now that uh, that people could check out before we uh, before we get into uh, pod pod houses and and space cars? Uh-huh. Sure, sure. Uh, I'm now working since actually just a few days. I didn't apply for this job; it just happened. Uh, I'm working at Ocean Protocol on their ecosystem. So I'm trying to engineer their ecosystem and accelerate the ecosystem to get more adoption. Mm-hmm. Ocean is focused on becoming a data substrate or marketplace where you could just put your data there and hope that somebody will buy it. That's like the simple dumbed down version. Mm-hmm. And it's oceanprotocol.com. All right. Oh, well, we'll send people over to, uh, to check things out. Nima, thanks Thank for you. joining us on this. This has been fun. Sure. Right. Yeah, same here. Loved it. <laughs> All right, this is uh, Technotopia. I'm John Biggs. We will see you next week. Technotopia is brought to you by Happy Fun Corp. Happy Fun Corp is a design-driven technology company in Brooklyn, New York, that specializes in building mobile and web applications for startups and Fortune 500 companies. 
Whether it's a new mobile or web application that will help people experience the internet in a fun new way, or software that will interface with a new piece of top secret hardware, Happy Fun Corp is always up to the challenge. Big or small, Happy Fun Corp loves building software and loves working with great people. Come build with them. HappyFunCorp.com. 